Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About. This is me, Amin. And this is Alex. And uh, today is uh, another special episode. We have a guest, uh, Ray Tan from WeWork. Um, so we got, today's topic, we're going to talk about uh, co-working spaces uh, in the region and the business of co-working uh, in, in Southeast Asia because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Obviously, the whole world is uh, affected. Uh, the first phase of uh, MCO in Malaysia, uh, we all had to stay home and, and, and work at home. Um, you know, there, there has been... So before COVID, there has been like a huge boon uh, when it comes to co-working spaces. So we saw like a huge growth of co-working spaces in Malaysia, in Singapore, and a few other countries in the region and in the world. Uh, it seems to be like the next frontier when it comes to combining technology and a, and a great idea. Uh, but what has happened is that with, with a lot of people working at, ho at home, uh, there seems to be like two sides of the coin when it comes to co-working spaces. Uh, on one side is uh, co-working spaces is probably right up there at the front of the line of businesses that are going to go bust uh, due to COVID. So it's going to be another COVID uh, victim uh, along the lines of airlines and tourisms and hotels and stuff like that. But on the flip side, uh, now the pandemic is the opportune time for co-working spaces to really capture the market because there's a huge need uh, for people to find a space to work, you know, because maybe homes are not the right place to do that. And obviously, uh, on in this episode, we have a special guest again, Ray Tan. He's from WeWork. He's the head of growth, right, Ray? That's right. Okay, so he's going to, you know, come from the industry perspective and talk to us about uh, WeWork and also uh, co-working spaces in general and on which side of the coin uh, is the business in. Okay, so before we start, uh, Ray, maybe you can just introduce introduce yourself and what does the uh, head of growth do, do in uh, WeWork? Thank you, Amit uh, and, and Alex. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, so yeah, my, my role is a head of growth for Southeast Asia and Korea. Uh, essentially, what I do is to oversee um, all growth functions, which include sales, uh, predominantly sales across the entire region of Pacific, uh, which includes Southeast Asia and Korea. Uh, what we do on a daily basis is to work with businesses that are, uh, can be our potential members and help them solve their real estate needs. You know, there are companies that may require flexibility that traditional real estate leases can't provide, or they have you know, uh, specific needs where they are bursting out of their seams in the current location that they're at. Um, and we offer an alternative, uh, which is fast becoming a permanent solution for a lot of different companies. Uh, so my day-to-day -day is really working with different enterprises, different companies, and then helping them solve real estate issues. You're based in Singapore, and you know we're kind of like neighbors, and you know we're we're going through this roughly in the same way. As I mentioned in my in my introduction, right? So how has the co-working space has the co-working space industry uh, changed or evolved or been impacted by what's going on right now? Definitely, we're, we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, every, everyone is uh, uh, impacted by this global event uh, that's called COVID-19. Um, so I, I believe we can all agree that COVID-19 has impacted most, if not all industries across the board, both in Malaysia and globally. Uh, for the co-working sector, the most immediate impact was the need to address health and safety concerns 
and adapt our operations accordingly. So in, in Malaysia, the government was very quick to roll out proactive measures and guidelines for businesses and the general public to follow, uh, which made a difference not only in terms of mitigating the outbreak on a national scale, but also enabled companies in their decision making. Um, what really helped was the clarity in the communication and also uh, definition of essential services that were allowed to operate. Um, so this allowed us to scale our operations, communicate to members, and also support members who are from the essential services sector uh, to ensure that they still have access to uh, workspaces and help them continue to operate to serve a larger population. For WeWork, uh, we were able to react swiftly uh, as we had been dealing with this when it first broke in China, uh, and we were ready with the resources and some best practices to implement them in Malaysia. Uh, COVID-19 is a global event, uh, but different cities kind of started dealing with them in uh, different time frames. So the good thing was that you know when we looked at our, our global portfolios, uh, we had some colleagues who had experienced uh, COVID-19 and how they they put in certain measures. Um, so that allow us to um, really you know cope with whatever sanitization measures there are, um, how we are going to track uh, movements uh, with, with our members and visitors. So that, that helped greatly. Okay, so as the head of growth, uh, what, what I'm, I'm more interested about is like the trends, right? So what's what's been going right. on? Yeah, of course, you know, you guys, uh, best practices and stuff like that. That's, uh, I guess, kind of like a given, right? You, you want yeah. people to be assured that you want to come back to your space. Uh, but right. that, uh, we're not discounting the fact that, okay, in China, they've been uh, under lockdown for, what, uh, six months uh, before. Right. Uh, in in Malaysia, we've been in MCO, which is working from home. Nobody's moving for 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 three months uh, yeah. plus. In Singapore, your circuit breaker was a straight six months, uh, six months, if I, three months, if like uh, three or five months. I can't remember. Around yeah, it's that. been close to four. Yeah. Yes. So what what has the impact been? I mean, uh, that means right, right. So that's straight three four months of no revenue right. stream coming from WeWork. I I I keen WeWork as like an Airbnb of sorts for co-working spaces uh, right. in general. I mean, how do you recover from that? Yeah, you know, there were initial doubts and skepticism about how this pandemic will impact co-working. Um, and I think this is also an opportunity to emphasize how co-working needs have changed, at least uh, from WeWork perspective. Uh, when we look at Malaysia from March to July, we saw a 17% in terms of uh, memberships. Um, and co-working space provider like us no longer just cater to um, you know, the general perception is that co-working space uh, typically just catered desk, to hot desks. Right? Desks and PowerPoints, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Meeting rooms <laughs> and, and, yeah. and coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah, where it's mostly hot deskers, you mm. know, small, medium enterprises, startups. Um, but when you look at WeWork, you know, just like Malaysia, how diverse the, the, the country is, we have a very diverse pool of members who now include uh, large enterprises. Um, and in WeWork Speak, uh, enterprise refers to companies that have more than a thousand full-time employees globally. So in this new reality, the future workplace strategies that these companies will employ will most likely focus on a few areas, you know, the first being workplace flexibility. So now companies want to explore a more staggered or phased approach uh, to help employees return to work, but at the same time satisfy professional distancing recommendations. Um, so there are companies that have come up with strategies on returning uh, the entire workforce to work, but due to the professional distancing measures that they have, 
um, they no longer have enough space to accommodate everyone. Um, so they come to us uh, and look at solutions where we can provide them with a hub and spoke solution where they also have a core component of office, but also flex spaces that they will leverage our portfolio spaces for. And this helps them comply with their company's mandate of uh, whether it's a one meter or two meter distancing uh, within their workstations. When you look at traditional real estate, it is uh, a fixed, uh, you know, fixed cost, fixed tenure. Um, as the companies look towards WeWork, we allow them to quickly plug and play, you know, their speed in terms of operation. But secondly, there's also flexibility, not just in the size that they need, but also the term that they need, where they can quickly, you know, scale up and down. So the second thing that you know, companies will look at is how do they optimize their operations and more importantly, the costs associated with their uh, operations. Um, so companies were expanding. They want to be able to scale conservatively. Um, and for companies that had downsized due to the impact of the pandemic, um, a lot of them remain hopeful of an expansion when the situation recovers. So when they move into a WeWork, um, they are expecting that level of flexibility that we typically afford uh, most companies. And from a workspace commitment, they are moving away from long-term leases mm -hmm. and instead opting for uh, you know, flexible providers like WeWork. Uh, in, in fact, we help to reduce committed costs by up to 50%. And interestingly, you know, the flexibility that we have provided have also translated to confidence in members uh, as we see recent memberships and renewed memberships with our existing members. The other, you know, the second point where uh, workplace strategies will be really focused on would be on the operations and cost optimization. Now more than ever, companies are going to emphasize on operational and cost efficiency. Um, companies who are expanding to scale conservatively uh, and companies who had to downsize due to the impact of pandemic, um, they remain hopeful of expansion when the situation recovers. So from a workplace commitment, they are moving away from long-term leases and instead opting for a space as a service provider like WeWork. In fact, we have to reduce committed costs by up to 50%. And interestingly, the flexibility that we have provided also translated to confidence in members. As we've seen a recent membership renewal uh, and, and new memberships. If anything that COVID-19 has highlighted, it will be the unpredictability and how uh, fast things evolve. During this period, companies had to make very quick operational decisions. And again, our ability to help companies scale three times faster than traditional options have been very useful for them. And more importantly, the emphasis on hygiene and sanitization will become an expectation and this is also another operational cost that impacts the margins. So our investment and our commitment to hygiene and cleanliness measures uh, have made it a lot easier and cost efficient for members uh, as they focus on what they do best, which is their own business uh, operations. Um, and, and lastly, I think a lot of companies are still very focused on employee experience. Um, while work from home has proven to work, um, hmm. In my perspective, it's, it's not sustainable. Um, you know, a lot of our members have expressed their desires to return to their workspace and have communicated how much they miss the vibe, uh, space, and the community. And as the workforce scales back into a physical work arrangement after a long period, 
there will also be an emphasis on employee integration um, and experience to drive productivity, motivation, and connection. So apart from uh, our beautiful looking spaces, uh, experience is synonymous to facilitating employee productivity and engagement. Um, so from our end, uh, we're looking at our community team to continue to engage with our members and develop new ideas and initiatives on how we can further improve on that. Also, like in this new uh, situation, right, um, how does the interaction change in the co-working space environment? Because co-working is supposed to be more on collaboration and all that, but with the recent uh, pandemic, things have changed. So can you share a bit on that? Yeah, I think it's a matter of adapting and enhancing our space to strike a balance between hygiene, safety, physical distancing, best practices, but at the same time, still enable teams to continue to operate as they have always had. Um, we understand that both companies and their employees will want that peace of mind when they transition back to the workspace, uh, and we're committed to upholding that responsibility. Um, but when you look at uh, how companies will come back uh, to work in a very safe manner, uh, we, we have three different areas where uh, we look at. So the first one is to prioritize personal space. So we did modify some of our shared spaces with staggered seating and buffered zones. So teams can con continue to operate in the workplace, but maintain a healthy physical distance from colleagues and fellow members. Um, the second is the increased sanitization, which is pretty standard across the board. Uh, we've implemented heightened cleaning measures to ensure health and well-being of our members. We're disinfecting common areas more frequently and providing complementary sanitation product in our spaces, just like how hand sanitizers and thermometers were uh, placed across all of our communal spaces. Um, and the third area is behavioral signages. Um, new cleaning standards and capacity protocols are clearly highlighted in strategically placed signages and friendly reminders to our members and guests that you know the well-being of our community depends on all of us to do our part. So there's a lot of wayfinding um, signages that's put up um, for you to you know either walk in a certain area uh, uh, or avoid certain areas um, where the hand sanitization uh, uh, products are at um, so these changes are already in effect in all our spaces including uh, the two locations in malaysia but also um, we started to see a lot of members starting to return to work out of our locations uh, one of these members is Dash Away, uh, a wealth management company who has been uh, a WeWork member for the past year. Uh, they were among the first to transition back uh, to our offices, uh, and they've been telling us they've been looking forward to returning as they have come to re rely on the facilities, convenience, um, and the sense of community that WeWork offers. Um, may, have, have any one of you been to a WeWork location before? No, waiting for you to give us an invite. Well, of course, you know, like anytime. Um, you know, I would love to see one of the uh, your episodes being hosted at, at a WeWork All right. and, and we'll, interviewing we'll, a WeWork member. We'll take that as an invite. So uh, we'll yeah. set that up uh, right after this. Uh, yeah. You know, um, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, you know, pre-COVID, when you enter into a WeWork, depending on the day or time that you enter into our space, there's always something happening. Um, when you come in on a Monday morning, they used to have this thing called TGIM where we provide breakfast to our members and on Wednesdays, 
sometimes during lunchtime or maybe at 6 p.m. There will be wellness, uh, wellness Wednesdays where there's, um, uh, we'll invite someone to give a complimentary yoga session or uh, some health and fitness session. Oh, wow. That, uh, happens, that we, happens in the Malaysia WeWorks as well? Yeah, that happens oh. uh, across all our spaces globally. Okay. So with, with COVID, um, we have obviously put a cap on all these events and then put a hole mm. on that. And that has always been one of the key activities that get uh, our members to interact with each other. And that's always a forum for members to, to, to meet with new members or to engage with each other. Sometimes they even transact with each other. So now in, with COVID, uh, even our community operations have taken a different approach. Uh, it doesn't mean that while we're all working from home, we cannot have events. So there are mm. a lot of virtual events. Uh, we have members hosting cooking sessions where they teach uh, they share recipes and cook live. Wow. Uh, we have yeah baking instructors who came in. Uh, there were even gyms that were in our partnership network that were conducting you know, fitness sessions virtually uh, so that our members can still sign up, uh, log on to Zoom, and follow a workout uh, while they're still working from home. <laughs> wait, wait, I got so to like, stop you there. <laughs> I mean, so there are people doing yoga, uh, people doing baking, <laughs> Uh, and doing all these sorts of is there anybody actually doing work in WeWork? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, um, and in fact, you know, working from home has been, uh, and I'm speaking from experience. I have uh, two very young kids, yeah. uh, one 19 year old and one four year old. Every day, I'm reminded that uh, my my wife and I are pretty much the universe to these two yep. very young kids. Um, and as we are super glued to our phones and our, our uh, you know, devices, mm. going on Zoom calls from one Zoom call to another, we realize that you know, there has to be certain hours where you kind of take a break. Um, so we're offering all these you know, opt-in events as well. So some, these events typically happen during lunchtime or close to you know, after hours where it's like 5.30 or 6 o'clock, where some of the members who do want to kind of stay on engage with each other there's always an avenue and a forum for them to do so well i can certainly uh, uh subscribe to the uh, novelty of working from home and uh, and and how how it has become something of like yeah very fun thing to do at the start it's like oh you know it's like super cool that i can go to work with just shorts on and not get ready and uh, saving time on the commute uh, yeah. But uh, with children, you know, I got four of my own. Uh, wow! <laughs> from uh, from what uh, seven? Oops, from seven to three, uh, and all of them are boys. Uh, and it's 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 very challenging to like really have a meeting because you know you have interruptions, you have things. So it's very challenging yeah. to like really stay in focus. Uh, I guess what, where I'm coming at is that um, are you seeing like uh, people who are. Uh, kind of like hit a wall when it comes to working at home, coming to WeWork uh, and, and, and doing things there uh, in, in, in the Malaysia offices. Do, do you see that kind of pattern or yeah. what's, well, you know, what's going on? Yeah, we, we do have members who are you know, in essential services that realize that as, as much as they have an option to work from home, um, they do need a professional place to conduct certain type of business activities. Mm. So we do see members coming back to do so. Uh, even you know, likewise for myself, um, I, I 
I would love to do this interview at home, uh, but you know, with two screaming kids, <laughs> you probably wouldn't be able to hear me. <laughs> uh, so coming, having the option to come back to a space uh, and be able to work safely is definitely a, a plus in, in today's climate. Uh, I take it you're at a WeWork space right now? Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm in one of the buildings in Singapore where our HQ is located. Um, I'm in the middle of a conference room that is quiet enough uh, for me to do this interview. And that art installation is uh, something that you requested or <laughs> and it, you're in the middle of the road. So is that like symbolic that you're in the middle of like <laughs> recovery or? Yeah, this, this is purely, purely coincidental. Um, so if you, if you walk in a WeWork uh, and I again extend the invite to both of you again, uh, you will notice that uh, when you walk past our spaces, there's very little empty walls. There's always a piece of artwork um, that has been created by one of our in-house team artists. Uh, and they usually represent a certain uh, local culture or some really irreverent artwork that really spice up the space. So, you know, it's not going to be a boring meeting room. Uh, so people look forward to coming into our, our space and see the energy there. Okay, Ray, um, you know, co-working space is still a novelty in Malaysia. Uh, I think it's also a novelty in a lot of places. Uh, again, come back to my question with the two sides of the coin, right? Where Where is co-working spaces in general? And where is WeWork in this picture? Are you guys seeing a major opportunity here? Or are you guys... Uh, trying to pivot and you know because there's like a uh, multiple things going on with WeWork so growing is one you know managing all these assets is another thing uh, getting your your members and subscribers to come back and feeling safe is another uh, on top of that we have this major topic that everybody is talking about is WeWork's future in general I mean you guys been through like a roller coaster right with your CEO and with investors um so okay let's start with the industry in general as the head of growth where are you seeing co-working spaces go in the next maybe two to three years yeah sure you know startups and individual freelancers were originally the most frequent users of such spaces because they offer flexibility and collaborative space for people to come together and um, alex and Armin, you both of you are, are founders of companies so i believe or sourcing for a space, or fitting it up and, and, and uh, moving spaces is something that you have uh, multiple experience doing so. Yeah. Um, maybe you can tell me like how, how was it like a, a fun experience or was it like a painful experience? <laughs> it's a painfully <laughs> it's a painfully fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, yeah, the, yeah. the big the biggest issue is cost la, you know uh, right. uh, fitting uh, fitting fit, fitting out the place is one thing and I guess we're aspirational that's a good point. We're aspirational also uh, personal yeah. space is a big deal for us and uh, we will also want to make it uh, comfortable so we don't call our office like an office we call it like a working mm -hmm. space because uh, it, it lends that kind of air to the space uh, you come to do work but you can also come here and just chill for a bit before finishing whatever you need to do and that, so that's the right. idea but yeah it, it is it is a fun experience but you know dealing with locations parking uh, and then all the other utility bills and stuff like that yeah it's an issue i get where you're coming from 
So yeah. what's the what's so, the future? Are you seeing like companies diverging as uh and uh, they are working workspaces into smaller workspaces? But then for me, the challenges is that there's no uh, avenue to like regroup. You know, like uh, for us, for example, yeah, we we like the flexibility of okay, today I want to work from home, tomorrow I want to come to the office. But there's right. no denying that you need the physical face-to-face meetups to get creative juices really flowing. Maybe I'm yeah. just an old guy, but I'm just used to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not alone. In fact, you you know you're echoing a very popular opinion that we're we're hearing. Um, and as as I mentioned previously, you know when you look at traditional real estate, it's a fixed cost, it's a fixed tenure, mm-hmm. and it's a fixed size. You know, as as the business landscape becomes a lot more dynamic today, you know, businesses want that flexibility to scale up and down, and so naturally they look towards a flexible operator like ourselves. Mm. Um, and when you look at WeWork, we definitely see this uh, coming out of COVID as a huge opportunity for us to tap on. Uh, for many of our members, where we are located today, it's also an opportunity for them to tap into the CBD ecosystem without the commitment of long-term leases or expensive leases. Mm. And as companies starts to curtail their, their expenses, you know, putting in capital expenditure uh, to fit out an office, it's a huge commitment. Um, when they look at WeWork, we've taken that off the books for them. Um, and we've taken off the initial outlay, we've taken off the friction when it comes to tenure and also size, so that allows the company to really just focus on what their core businesses is and not really worry about, hey, will I have a space that's quick enough for me to operate or will I still have space for tomorrow or am I overpaying for my space? Um, we're essentially taking that out of the equation for a lot of businesses. And what has been interesting is we've also seen a further shift in trends um, as larger companies and global entities have begun embracing the co-working model. So, in fact, more than half of our members globally and right here in Southeast Asia are enterprises. And, and to recap, you know, we see companies or we categorize companies with more than a thousand full-time employees as enterprise. Um, and in Malaysia, close to 60% of our members are enterprise. Uh, we have quite a few oil and gas firms that are located in some of our spaces, e-commerce, has proven themselves to be you know, really essential services. Um, there's a huge number of e-commerce uh, members that are in our locations as well. Um, what we've also done recently was to conduct a survey with IDC. And in Malaysia, uh, 20% of the enterprises that we surveyed had already adopted co-working. And 53% of them has plans to do so in the next one to three years. So when you look at the trends, even for larger companies, and there, there's a huge demand and desire to move towards making their portfolio of real estate to be a lot more flexible. Um, we've been in this co-working industry for the last 10 years. Mm. Uh, so we're very confident that we'll be able to bring the experience, the knowledge, um, and also scalability with the unparalleled global network. Um, you know, members that range from startups and Fortune 500 companies, when they look at the, the current COVID realities on how they're going to be expanding globally or regionally, they're going to be a lot more conservative with the amount of space that they're going to take up. Um, so we will then offers them 
a very simple point where they can just call up their account managers and say, hey, you know, I'm a company that's based in Malaysia. I'm expanding to Jakarta. Can I have a one-person spot uh, or two-person office for my first two founders in these countries? And they can then scale up or they can scale down uh, with a lot of flexibility. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and beyond just space, um, what you mentioned earlier on, I mean, you know, we, we've also established an ecosystem of networks mm. uh, and opportunities. So, uh, you know, in 2019, we had more than 3,000 members who expanded with us. Uh, our members in Malaysia have access to not only the local community, but also a network of our members across Southeast Asia. So the benefits that they can see is, you know, not just the speed to market, but also the ability to network with, you know, complementary businesses that are within our network to help mm -hmm. them scale. Um, so we see a number of businesses within our spaces uh, get acquainted with each other and start transacting with each mm -hmm. other. I think that's a, a really cool thing to see. Mm. Um, yeah, and the experience that I think employees will seek after working from home for so long, mm. um, there's a strong desire to want to come back and really connect with people in real life. Okay, so uh, I think that's all fine and good. You mentioned just now that uh, you're seeing the trend. Uh, big companies are now you know moving into small spaces because they want to cut yeah. costs and be more efficient. Uh, the thing is for me, it's like we work had has uh, co-working spaces in general uh, has this kind of uh, persona or at least that's the perception I have that uh, it's a melting pot of creativity a hive of ideas and stuff like that it's like where everything comes together uh, different ideas and different opinions different kind of people it's just a nice place to be because uh, you know the decorations and the decor everything is very nice now with the thing with, the, with big companies coming into that space, right? You kind of like yeah. run the risk of looking establishment. Um, mm -hmm. So how, how is WeWork? Is, is that a problem with, for WeWork? Or is, that some, is, or is that a benefit for people who are, who are originally your core, right? The, the gig economists, the people who right. are freelancing, the people who are just wanting a cool place to to work and then now they see hey you know big companies are here too i'm kind of not feeling it so what's going on there right well um interesting question that you you brought up and and i'm, I'm glad you did so when you look at the big companies um maybe look behind their logos and look behind what, how big they are but more importantly look at why they are choosing WeWork. um so when we look at when we talk to a lot of ceos globally you know majority of them say that manpower forecasts for the next 36 months is something that's incredibly hard to do. No mm -hmm. one can give you an accurate forecast of that. Mm -hmm. They may come to us because they are bursting out of their scenes from their current uh, location, but also there are a lot more interesting uh, use cases where they come to WeWork. Um, and talent retention or attraction is one of them. Uh, we had enterprises uh, talk about how when they advertise a job description that mentions that this particular role will work out of a WeWork, um, they've seen a significant increase in terms of application. When you look at financial institutions, uh, they're no longer just hiring traders and bankers, they are hiring developers. Mm. Um, but their current environment doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, suited to attract these talent that they're competing with the likes mm. of Google, Facebook, and other tech companies. Yeah. So a lot of companies are reinventing themselves to become a lot more nimble just like the startups, 
And when you look at startups, they do want to be, they aspire to be the MNCs of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So when you look at WeWork, we, we marry these two, two segments of customers together. Um, and you will see a lot more, you know, even for the most traditional industries like oil and gas or financial institution, they tend to put their innovation teams in a WeWork or their development teams that, you know, are a lot more suited for a plug and play uh, environment. Mm. Uh, we've also seen large enterprises come to WeWork where they can really benefit from the full stack of building that we currently operate in, but then take out a full floor mm. that they can customize to um, their needs and requirements and still be able to have their employees access the rest of the community floors. And when they look at that, they value the kind of community building that WeWork provides where they can just really focus on their core operations and not have to worry about that. So when you come into a WeWork, uh, you will notice that you know, startups and MNCs do coexist uh, in, in, with Harmony. Um, and there's a lot of exchange in terms of uh, uh, ideas and collaboration. Um, so we don't see that as an issue at all. In fact, we see that as an engine that you know fosters a lot more collaboration and ideas. Also, um, five years ago, right, before WeWork and uh, co-working space was a thing, this type of business model of offering flexible spaces are offered by existing players and they're called service officers. So with the, with the current environment and uh, with the current situation also, um, how is co-working spaces different from um, service officers? Are they the same thing? Uh, are they different? How is it different? And did the co-working space change how service office operates these, these, these days? I'm not in a position to uh, talk about how our competitors operate, but I can talk about how you know, WeWork differs from your traditional you know, service office offering. Um, when you walk through a WeWork, you'll notice that um, the way we design our space is really built for human interaction. Um, and we also have a team of community uh, managers and associates that help our members navigate day-to-day stuff. Uh, not just within the office, but also help them make introductions between members. Um, it is a lot more service-oriented. I think the biggest difference that you would also see before you sign up for a space like WeWork is that it is a one-price thing as compared to traditional service office where the office suite is one price and then when you move in, uh, there are multiple line items that you may not expect where you know there are service charges and all that. Um, and just thinking about you know WeWork in, in, in general, um, if you've been to one WeWork and as you go to another location or another city, you realize that somehow you are kind of familiar with how every WeWork operates. When you step into a WeWork, you know where to find a community team member, you know where the coffee's at, where the beer's at, where do people congregate for events, uh, where to, to look for information. Uh, that's something that um, we spent 10 years to come together with a, a very consistent design language and, and how we operate our spaces to give a heightened member experience. Maybe it would be a great opportunity once you guys step into a rework, do a couple episodes there, maybe different locations, uh, and then you, 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 you see how it, it, it works. Okay, we'll take that up. Uh, if you guys are watching uh, on YouTube, uh, please put down in the comment section below whether we should go to a WeWork uh, in Malaysia. Uh, if you have any questions about WeWork or questions about uh, co-working spaces in general, if you're a freelancer, a, a gig economist, somebody just that 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 just needs a 
a space um, you know just let us know in the comment section below what you think if, you, if you've been to a WeWork uh, what are your thoughts uh, we're more than happy to hear that and, and, and your comments and suggestions uh, make this conversation just more richer okay Ray I think uh, we're approaching the end of the show I have one last question to ask you it's quite difficult for us to talk about WeWork and not talk about the uh, tumultuous or the very um, varied history of what's going on with the WeWork uh, management uh, in the past few years so what what is going on now? Uh, okay, so I know that uh, you guys have a new uh, chief. What's going on? I mean, where where's WeWork now, and where's WeWork going, and what how are they do, dealing with that past? Sure, you know, one thing for sure, it's never a boring day at WeWork, <laughs> um, and by that, it's also a diverse uh, it's also the diverse opportunities that we're seeing in Southeast Asia, um, in this region itself. Our platform has been uh, our core offering and has always been the same model and strategy that contributed to our growth. Um, and this has proven to pay off for us. Um, if you look at just Southeast Asia, uh, we expanded to 34 locations. Um, and in the last year, we more than doubled our inventory to, to uh, help with the increase in terms of 17% of enterprise benefits. So that's testament that this model is going to work. Uh, and has already worked for us. Um, when we look at the number of members that have expanded with us since 2019, there were 3,000 members. And specifically in Malaysia, we track uh, about a 13% increase uh, in terms of desk uh, and almost doubled our enterprise members just from March to July, July this year at the height of COVID. Um, we are slightly one year and older in Malaysia, but uh, we're very happy with the performance that we have achieved. For the first time globally, uh, we surpassed $1 billion in quarterly revenue. Um, as the total revenue has increased 45% year on year mm -hmm. from $728 million to uh, $1.1 billion. Now, not a lot of companies or even our competitors can say that. Um, mm -hmm. We've outlined a very clear global five-year strategic plan since late last year. Uh, to really focus on profitability and positive cash flow. And the momentum and results that we're seeing are just testaments of that. But also, I think I, I want to take this opportunity to talk about uh, our Malaysia team as well. You know, they're very resourceful, creative, and proactive when it comes to engaging our members uh, and, and bringing on new members uh, in, during this time so, uh, that, that help us see uh, you know, a doubling of uh, enterprise members from March and July. So I guess uh, things are looking quite hopeful uh, for WeWork and the co-working industry in general. Uh, obviously, all of us here hope and pray that COVID-19 will go away uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, we all can't uh, wait to go back to some form of normalcy uh, in the next coming months. Uh, okay, so with that, I would like to thank you very much, uh, Ray, for being with us today. Uh, and to spend some time to talk about the co-working space and we work in general it's been very insightful for me uh, i don't know about you alex what, what do you have to say uh well i learned a lot about uh how we operate <laughs> and uh good to know that things are moving uh positively and like you like we you said hopefully we can get through this and we can return back to to normalcy soon all right and that's uh that's pretty much it uh okay Ray, so any parting uh comments from you before we end the show 
Well, uh, you know, thanks, Alex and Armin, for having me on the show. Um, so it's really fun talking to you guys. It was a very casual conversation, <laughs> um, not so stressful as I thought it would be. Um, so thank you for being nice. <laughs> um, but, you know, more importantly, is, uh, feel free to, to check out any of our WeWork spaces. And I would love to read some of the comments uh, about how WeWork is. Uh, and, yeah, you know, look forward to seeing everyone in Malaysia whenever the movement controls are lifted. Uh, hopefully, I'll be in town soon. All right, we'll do that. Cool. Maybe you can drop a promo code <laughs> down, <laughs> down for our viewers. Uh, okay, so that's pretty much it. That's been uh, Let's Talk About. In this edition, we've been talking about co-working spaces and WeWork uh, specifically. Obviously, guys, I just want to take this opportunity to remind everybody that we are available on podcasts. Uh, so I listened, I watched the Let's Talk About show uh, on podcasts more than I do on YouTube. Uh, I do that for when I'm going to work. Uh, it's a nice uh, story to listen to, a nice episode to listen to every time I go to work. Uh, if you do that, if you listen to podcasts, uh, you can also get us on Spotify, Google Play, Google, uh, Google, and also uh, Apple Podcasts. We're available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Just search for Sarah Chinchal, Let's Talk About, and we're there. Uh, obviously, we're also available on YouTube, uh, thank you for our YouTube to our YouTube viewers for uh, watching the watching the show. Thank you for give us a thumbs up, give us a like if you like the show. Drop us a comment or uh, on 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 suggestions, uh, any topics you like to cover, you like us to cover, any people you like us to have on the show. Let us know. We're more than happy to have uh, the people you want to watch on our show. Uh, we love getting comments from you guys. Uh, that's a really good feedback. Uh, it, it helps make our show better. For those of you who are listening to us on podcast, please do give us a five-star rating if you like the show because that really helps us move along our podcast game into the future. Uh, okay, guys. Thanks for liking the video. Thanks for subscribing. Do subscribe to, to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, this is Amin. And this is Alex. And that's Ray. And thanks for watching, guys. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. Stay safe.